Open your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 19. I want to talk tonight just a few minutes. And the one thing I didn't announce that I need to get in the habit of announcing is Tuesday night we've opened back up for prayer. We've not had a lot of people coming out on Tuesday night for prayer. I would love to see this church filled up on Tuesday night for prayer. In fact, if the church fills up on Tuesday night for prayer, we won't have to worry about Sunday morning. Uh, if, if we get a good group of people here on Tuesday night praying, you know, I, I, how many of you are familiar with Jim Cimbala in uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle? Um, that church, I think theirs is Tuesday, it's either Tuesday or Thursday night, their midweek prayer night, and they credit pretty much all the growth of their church's ministry to, the, to that prayer time, which is huge at their church. And uh, I listen, let, let God... Um, and if you don't know Jim Simbla, I recommend one of his books, Fresh, Fresh, uh, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. Powerful book, but anyway. Um, Tuesday night prayers, where I was going with that. Be here on Tuesday night. Acts chapter 19. I want to talk about God using you for miracles. God wants, God is looking for vessels that he can trust and that he can flow through uh, to do the work of God. We live in a time where the work of God and the uh, works of miracles, miracles, let me, let me stretch your theology in your mind a little bit, but I firmly believe this. God loves you and he wants to heal you and he wants to bless you and he wants to do good things in your life. How many would say amen? Yes. <laughs> So that being said, when God does a miracle in your life and touches your body, I believe that the healing or the blessing that takes place in your life is often actually secondary to the purpose of the miracle. When Jesus done miracles, it was generally to help spread the good news of Jesus Christ and that God would be glorified through the miracle. Now, he loves you and he doesn't want to bless you, but he also wants the word of God to go forth. He wants to bless people. He wants people to see. And so God wants his church involved in the miracle working power so that the gospel, you pray for somebody and God touches their life, you've just opened a door into their life to speak into them. And uh, so God does like to bless people, but his, what, what is the primary focus of what Jesus wants? He wants to save the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's, that's his main goal. Everything is about salvation. Miracles are really about salvation. He wants to, he wants to lead people, for example, uh, and I, I could go on trying to develop that for you, but... Uh, he, as you know, brought Lazarus back from the dead. Many people saw the power of God. Now, we all know Lazarus ultimately died later, another time. We don't know exactly when, but we know that Lazarus isn't still walking around today. Amen? So the miracle uh, of bringing Lazarus back to dead was to bless Lazarus, was to bless Mary, was to bless Martha, those that were asking him, but it was really to open the door for men to see the power of God at work in lives of men. Amen? So, think about it. Acts 19, verse 11. 
Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Pay attention to that phrase. God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. You see the, the teamwork, the joint effort. I think sometimes some men forget that it's God doing the miracle, but he uses faithful servants. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and diseased, left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirits answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Then the the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the word. Open our hearts. God, let us be known. Let us be known. Father, we know that we are known by you. God, you said that uh, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me by their name, by, by my name. God, we, we know that we are known by you. But God, let us be known by the enemy. God, that we are servants of the Most High God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many's ever heard it said that you're known by the company that you keep? How many's ever told your children that? <laughs> uh, you know, because it is important. The people that you hang out with speak a lot of your character and speak a lot of the influences that are in your life. And uh, so Peter and Paul were known by keeping company with, with Jesus. Now, we know that Paul come to know Jesus after his, uh, after his resurrection. But nevertheless, he spent time, just like you and I, are to spend time with Jesus. So they knew Jesus, and Jesus knew them. And uh, an interesting thing Jesus knows his servants. He knows his sheep, the Bible says. And he knows them by name. Now, not only does Jesus know you by name, but also Satan knows you by name. Uh, In fact, remember the exchange where uh, Satan, uh, where Jesus told Peter, says, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. He has come to the Father and he has asked permission to sift you as wheat. So he knows you by name. He's, he's, he's bargaining for you. Uh, in fact, the, the Bible says that the enemy, Satan, is the accuser of the brethren. So he is up accusing you by name. Now it's interesting to me that he knows the names of servants of God, but he doesn't even know the names of those that are his servants. I can show you in that scripture. When, when the exorcists, the fake exorcists, uh, uh, 
tried charlat charlatans uh, that that were in the business, you know, back in those, those times, just like now. They, there's fakes out there, aren't there? And so they were uh, trying to cast out demons, and they saw that uh, Paul was been successful at this and other miracles, and so they did what a good student would do. They took notes and followed exactly what is he doing. I think we can profit off of this. Let's learn what Paul is doing, and let's do exactly what Paul is doing, and the same results will happen. What they underestimated was, what? The relationship aspect of it. But, but nevertheless, that's, I'll get back to that in a minute. But when they began to pray over uh, the demoniac spirit to be exercised out of the, uh, the people, uh, Satan said, I don't even know your name. He said, I know Peter. I know Paul. I know Jesus. I don't even know you. So the, the reality is, Satan knows his enemy. He doesn't even know his own servants. But he knows those that oppose him. I want, I want the devil to know my name. Uh, if, if hell has a post office, I want my picture to be on his most wanted wall. <laughs> Uh, I, I want to uh, create havoc for the enemy. Uh, Pastor, that's, that's putting it out there, isn't it? Listen, uh, it's all right. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen? But, but the enemy will, will, will battle you and he will fight you. Uh, but it has to come, it has to stem out of a personal relationship with the Lord. Uh, I, I learned a long time ago, and you've probably heard me say it, that God has no grandchildren, only sons and daughters. What does that mean? It means that it doesn't matter how close your mom and dad were to the Lord, that doesn't get you in. Because it doesn't go that way. We can't, listen, when you, when you stand before God one day, you can't say, hey, God, you know, my, my, my dad was just a, a, a man of God that loved the Lord, built churches, traveled the world, built churches, done great ministry. It doesn't mean anything. It, it, that doesn't get your name in the Lamb's book. Why? He doesn't have grandchildren, only children. So we have to make a personal relationship with the Lord. But that when we do that, when we have that relationship, what, what, they, what the sons of Sceva saw was uh, the outgrowth of time that Paul spent personally with the Lord and they just seen the end result. So they were taking the end result and trying to uh, monetize it. They were trying to figure out how we can do what they're doing and, and make money. And it's all about the relationship. Can I tell you that God can use people that he can trust? And so, uh, for example, uh, I, I read recently, um, actually, Jason's quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> I think makes about $45 million a year if I read that right. Pretty, pretty good contract. I can make, how many could live on $45 million a year? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you might have to cut back a little bit, but you could do all right. So, uh, the, the, and, and, and the point that I'm, I'm actually going somewhere with that, uh, 
if I took a football, it'd be worth about eight bucks, cost of a football. You get Patrick Mahomes football, it's all of a sudden worth $45 million. Why? Because it depends on whose hand it comes out of and, 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 how, he, and, and how he can use it. And so um, uh, the, and, and it's the same way with our relationship with God. We can't just take something that somebody else is doing and try to mimic it and do it ourselves. We have to do it the way God. Being a name dropper can backfire on you. I, we went one time with um, Glenn Johnson, our longtime youth pastor here at the church. And I'm trying to remember who the other person was, because I, I wasn't the culprit in this story. There was another, there was this third unidentified person, and I can't remember who it was. Uh, he was the culprit. So me, Glenn, and this unidentified person that I can't remember, honestly, who there was a third person involved. Um, we, we went to Chick-fil-A, and he told Pastor Glenn, he said, if you go up to the counter and tell them Akuna Matata, they will give you a free Chick-fil-A sandwich. <laughs> and so Pastor Glenn went up the counter to the cash register and said, Akuna Matata. And the lady looked at him and said, excuse me? He said, Akuna Matata. She said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, it was, it, listen, sometimes name dropping or whatever that is, that's, you, that's off of, uh, was it the Lion King? Uh, not, not Lion King, one of those. It is Lion King, isn't it? Yeah, uh, means no worries. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, but, but, but the reality of the matter is uh, it backfired on him because it wasn't a real thing. And, and so when, when, when we go to... I could use the same word Sister June uses in her prayer life if I see her getting blessed. Think, Lord, okay, I sat close to her and I wrote down this is how she prays and I'm going to pray that way. But if I don't have a relationship with God, it's not in the verbiage. God doesn't have... Uh, God doesn't have mantras. In fact, Jesus spoke very much against that. Jesus said it's not about those that stand up and say, there are people that I just love to hear pray. Uh, and they can pray just these beautiful prayers. And, and, and I'm not saying they're not anointed to do that. And, and maybe, they're, maybe they're great. But that's not what gets the job done. Uh, what gets the job done is having a... There's times in my prayer life I'm so broken I can hardly utter a word. But it's not in the words that I'm saying. It's in the heart that I'm speaking through. And, and it's the same. So God wants to use us to do miracles, to do signs and wonders. But he's looking for people with a relationship that he can trust to do good words. And, and, and if we try like these, so the seven sons of, of Sceva, uh, uh these priests, this priest's sons uh, said, well, we're going to do the same thing. They spoke the same words, but it only angered the devil. Said, look, I, I don't even know who you are, and, and who do you think you are? There's a secondary lesson in this tonight. You are not a match for the enemy 
in the flesh. <laughs> he will destroy you. He'll chew you up and spit you out. That's what he does. He, do, he kills. What's, what, do you ever wonder what is the devil up to? Everybody knows in here. He does three things. He kills, steals, and destroys. That's it. Satan has come but to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, that you might have life, that you might have life more abundantly. So the enemy has come but for three purposes, and he's good. Can I tell you, uh, it's bad to say this, maybe, maybe you don't understand, but he's good at what he does. The devil's good at being the devil. He's been, he's been the devil a long time. And uh, he's been a successful devil, as we can see in society around us often. Uh, but, but greater is he, amen. God wants to use a people that he can trust. So uh, we, can't, we can't learn it through a textbook. We can't learn it through a mantra. We can learn hints on how to pray. We can, we can learn their, their methodologies to prayer. Uh, you know, uh, the Lord's Prayer, when he says, when you pray, pray like this, and he lays out not, I believe, the verbiage, but the outline of how we ought to pray. We begin with praise and recognition. We begin, and we walk through the, the model of the prayer, but the verbiage is, comes out of a personal relationship with the Lord. The, the good, um, the enemy knows your name. And the Lord said to Simon Peter, I mentioned a while ago to you, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But Jesus said, here's the second part of that. So yes, Satan has asked for you by name. Satan has said, I, I, I want to sift him as wheat. The scary part of that is, evidently, this might blow your mind, God gave him permission. Satan asked, can I sift Peter as wheat? And Jesus said, but Peter, I prayed for you. And when you come back, you're going through a rough season. <laughs> the enemy's fixing to put you through some stuff. But when you come back, convert your brethren. So uh, the enemy speaks by name, but you've got Jesus on the other side praying that you will be strong enough to endure. And whatever you go through, that God will use all things to work together to the good for those that love the Lord and that are called according to his purposes. Amen? Um, that's good. I know you... Good job up there. I didn't know he put it up on the wall for me. Luke 22, 31 and 32. Um, it's more than just a name. It's not, it's not a mantra. It's not a, uh, a magic formula. It has to be a personal relationship. Uh, the, the devil knows those by name who believe in the name of Jesus. Satan doesn't even know his own, but he knows those that believe in Jesus. Uh, I guess that's kind of one of the areas where we get, you know, Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. I, I want Atlantic Beach Assembly of God to register on the devil's radar as some of those that have come to turn the world upside down or to turn a city upside down. I, you know, I, I want to make a difference uh, for the kingdom of God and yes, I understand that the enemy is going to fight and rage, but when he's fighting and raging, and hear this, when the enemy is fighting you, 
tooth and nail, when he's fighting against you, when he's raging against you, it's because he knows you by name and because he knows that you have power and relationship. And when he's fighting against you, know this, that Jesus is fighting for you. Uh, I, I, I've used this analogy often. We, we all, let, let me give you just a quick... Uh, I, I was kidding around with Grady before church. Um, little Angel Brooks, his buddy. They, uh, y'all, many of y'all know Angel Brooks, but he, they, so out of the end of the softball games, him and Angel run around playing. And I said, uh, Grady, what's, uh, what's that little friend of yours' name? Is it Angle? I'm just, I don't know, just, just, just ragging him a little bit. He says, no. He says, who is it that keeps God company? <laughs> I said, I guess angels. Yes, angel. Uh, so so the, the enemy, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I had something up here reminding me of that little story. But, but, but uh, Jesus knows his followers uh, and, and, oh, I know where I was going with that. I was going to give you a little lesson on angels and demons. This will mess up somebody's mind. Probably not here because you're all pretty theologically astute. When you die, you don't become an angel. I don't want to hurt your feelings <laughs> or mess up any of your uh, belief systems. Uh, you, you are a redeemed saint. Uh, you don't become an angel. So, you know, we, we use that terminology, you know, that somebody became an angel or whatever, but that's not, that's not actually accurate. Uh, angels were created at one time, and that's how many angels there were, that's how many angels there will always be. Now, a third of those angels rebelled, and those angels became Demonic, or demons, or demonic angels. Now, I tell you that because that's a lot. Because I'm not sure how many angels there were, but there was a lot. A lot. And so a third is a lot. A third of a lot is still a lot. <laughs> I like that math. Um, so you think, well, then there's a lot of demons out there, and there are. There's a lot of demons out there. But here on the other side of that, for every demon, there is two angels. For every, every fallen angel, there are two angels. So for every, that's why the Bible says greater is the one on your side. Not only are the two that are on the side of the child of God greater than the one that fell, they're the stronger of the, because it was the weakest of the ones that fell, pray to to Satan and fell from, so you've got a third of the weaker angels that fell while two-thirds stayed. So, uh, yeah, it's all right. Don't be frightened that Satan knows you by name. Don't be frightened that he's going to come against you. Uh, when he does, revel in that. Remember when, uh, when Jesus, in fact, I don't want to step on uh, Pastor Dominic's sermon for Sunday. By the way, come out and support Pastor Dominic Sunday. He's already gone over a sermon with me. It's going to be great. It's going to bless you. And I don't want to step too deep into his sermon area because he, he may mention the other 70 uh, that went out. But when they came back, the other 70 that came back, they, they were amazed when they talked to Jesus. They said, listen, when we laid hands on sick people, they recovered. Demons fled. You know, and, and, and they were just 
bubbling over with joy <laughs> over the miracles that they were doing. And, and Jesus, I mean, I, this for some reason, God just let me see this scene uh, so beautifully. I mean, I almost view it as Jesus is sitting there on this big stone while all the people are coming back at the end of the day giving the report of their missions outreach. They went out two by two and they're coming back and they're, they're giving reports. Listen, we laid hands on sick people and they recovered and, and, and demons were cast out and, and miracles happened and they're just this bubbly... Uh, if you ever been on a mission trip, when you come back in after a crusade, it's just bubbly joy that's going on, uh, going on around him. And Jesus is looking around and he says, Now, wait a minute. He said, I know that demons are subject unto you. He said, I was there when Satan was cast out of heaven and watched him fall like lightning from the sky. Uh, I know that uh, you can do miracles in my, in, under the authority that I've given you. He says, rejoice not in these things, but rejoice in what? That your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. What is Jesus teaching us? He's teaching us a principle that the outgrowth of salvation, the normal activity, ought to be going out into a world and doing the work of God. Laying hands on sick people and praying for them. You know, casting out demons. Uh, on and on. Uh, so, uh, let, let, let's, let's realize that God wants... Uh, Let's be known, let's be known by both God and Satan uh, as those that God wants to use to do great and mighty works. Um, and so uh, let, let's, let's just, as we, as we kind of conclude tonight, um, and we're going we're gonna to have a word of prayer, I just want to encourage us. One of the things that you, you've heard me mention a lot about late, lately, and, and I believe that God is really calling the church to give the ministry back, to put it out. So we're talking about house churches and all of that. Just, just get it out there because God wants to empower the body of Christ to do the work of the Lord. And uh, so I, I, I really need you to be in prayer about that. You hear me mention it all the time. Uh, I really need you, as you're fasting and praying right now in this season, pray about how God would raise up leaders. Uh, you know, Jesus didn't say pray for the uh, harvest, did he? He said, the harvest is ripe. Pray for workers to go out and bring them in. <laughs> uh, really, you don't want to pray for the harvest because when, what is the harvest? The harvest is sinners. You don't want to pray, God, raise up the harvest. But you want to praise up workers to go into the harvest field. And so, as you're praying, uh, pray that God will raise up workers uh, to do the work that God is calling, calling us to do. And, and, and I'll close with this one. I had a pastor tell me at this last minister's meeting, he said, Pastor, um, he said, you know, I appreciate how you have a pastor's heart. And um, he said some nice things. And he said, but I can always count on uh, when, you, when you lead us in a, a message, uh, three or four solid points and a good joke. So uh, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, what happens when you don't pay your exorcist? You get repossessed. <laughs> okay. So these were exorcists tonight. That's how that fits in. <laughs> okay, that's, a, that's, that's enough of that. 
Um, so if you ever get exercised, but you're exorcist, okay. Um, you're not going to need to get exercised. <laughs> never mind, never mind. I'm getting too deep into this. Let, let's, just, let's just finish this part and we'll take prayer requests. Father, I thank you for the word. God, bring it alive in our heart. Touch us, stir us. God, challenge us, God, to go into the world, to in our workplace, God, to our co-workers, to our neighborhoods, to our families, God, to lay hands on the sick, God, when, uh, when needs come forth, God, to be prayer warriors for those that are in need. God, raise up prayer warriors. Raise up laborers. Burden us, God, to do your work. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.